What shall we do? asks the vicar. Well, replies the farmer, if I goes to feed my sheep, sorry about the accent, and only one turns up, I feeds her. So after four hymns, two sung canticles, one sung psalm, two lessons, prayers for everything under the sun, and a 30-minute sermon, the service finally ends. If I goes to feed my sheep and only one turns up, I feeds her, says the farmer on the way out. But I don't give her the whole bag full. <laughs> so, here we are at another harvest celebration. And we're exploring today what it is to act justly. Act justly. How we can live so that we can improve the lives of people who are oppressed or bullied or isolated. How we can use the good things that God has given us so that we can help those who really need our help. Now, almost uh, 20 years ago now, it's, I know it sounds very hard to believe how somebody of about five years of age could go on uh, a, 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 a YWAM trip to Uganda, and I did. I was around about 20, and I went. And um, it was quite a, quite a remarkable experience I had. And uh, I stayed at this uh, particular YWAM base, and uh, it was a, a, an orphanage for, for children who were the victims of AIDS. They either had, had AIDS themselves, or else their families um, had been uh, depleted because of the, the AIDS virus. And it was uh, an amazing experience for me, and God really... Uh, did a lot in my life and showed me <clears throat> his compassion for his children. And I stayed at the top of the base, the complex. I was about half a mile away from uh, the, the main buildings there in just outside a town called Ginger, which really is, I mean, it's not called Ginger because it's the color, but it is the color Ginger because the, the soil is, is about as red as it gets. Uh, and it's uh, quite incredible. And uh, I used to walk up, up, uh, up to the top of the up to the top of the complex. And the first time I did, it had been raining slightly, and somebody gave me this uh, about a four-inch piece of wood. And they said, Tim, you'll need this. I thought, what on earth will I need this for? It's quite remarkable. Anyway, so uh, I, uh, I set off on this half-a-mile walk with my paraffin lamp, because it was pitch black, and it was because uh, it goes dark fairly early. And so I, I walked up. And by the time I got up to where I was staying, I was walking on about two inches of mud that had got stuck to the bottom of my shoes. And I suddenly realized, ah, that's what the piece of wood is for. And so I scraped all the mud off with my shoes. But that was my first experience of walking on, on the soil in ginger. Uh, anyway, so I stayed there in the room with a, with a guy called Sam, a young guy in his early 20s, similar age to me. And Sam was an absolutely lovely guy. Uh, but he was struggling. And one particular day, I went in there, and, uh, and I was chatting, and he looked really downcast. And I said, Sam, what's the matter? Are you okay? And he said, oh, my back is really painful, uh, and I'm really struggling. And I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Is, that. is that something new? And he said, no, no, I've had it <clears throat> since I was a child, and it's really very painful, and it stops me from doing a lot of things. And from time to time, I just have to lie down and, and, and face it. And I said, well, is there any way you could get treatment for that? You, you know, could you see a doctor? And yes, yes, I could see a doctor. And so, well, what would you need to have done? He said, well, I'd need an x-ray and see the doctor and then probably pay for some medication after that or some treatment. And I said, okay, uh, well, 
you know, why don't you then, I said in my naivety. And he said, well, I don't have the money. And I said, well, how much would it cost? And he said, the amount. And I worked that out in my head and I thought, goodness me, that's about £4.50 in our money. I couldn't believe it. As, you know, around about a 20-year-old, that was a real uh, light bulb moment for me. And I got, just for me, I'd taken so much more than that with me for the whole of the time I was there. And I thought, well, I could easily pay for that. And, uh, and Sam said to me, well, I, I'm writing these letters now, as, as just before I was talking to you, and I don't even have the money for the stamps to put on these letters to send to my friends. I'm just writing them in faith that someone will, you know, or I will find the money from somewhere. And so, so Sam, I've got, to, I've got to help you out here. I'm sure you've been praying for this. And if I didn't help you, then I wouldn't be a very good Christian. So I gave him the money and I paid for him to write his letters and I committed to send him some money so he could continue to write his letters. But that was a real light bulb moment, like I say for me, as a 20-year-old, to find out that um, things like that were not um, just readily available necessarily. I knew that, but the cost for just ordinary people and how difficult it was for them to access something, even though the amount to me seemed so very small. It was a million miles away for Sam and for so many other people. So to act justly was a really hard lesson for me to learn. And it's a hard lesson for us all to learn at one point in our lives or another. And my own story and my own experience links with the words of the prophet Micah. Very challenging words. Now Micah wanted the people to be friends with God. He wanted them to enjoy the relationship, that loving relationship that God offers to every single one of us. Micah says to the people of God that God has shown you what is good. And it's this. A wonderfully loving friendship or relationship given and initiated by God. That's what is good. It's this relationship given and initiated by God. But of course the people want to know what does God require of us? What does he want from us? How does God want us to live? And so Micah tells them. Saying yes to this loving relationship offered and initiated by God requires that we live well for others and for God. Now I wonder how this makes you feel. I know how it makes me feel. What might you and I have to do in our lives to help us to live well for other people and for God? What does that require of us? Any change? Any challenge? Any encouragement? Because what seems so easily accessible to us is a million miles away from other people. And how do we live well for others and for God, you might be asking? How should we live? Well, Micah tells us that God wants to see three qualities in the way that we live. This is what God really desires of his people. These things are close to his heart in this loving relationship. And he wants us to do these three things with our lives. 
But today we're just going to focus on this first quality, the first of the three qualities. It's not that the others aren't important, they really are. But we just want to focus on that today. And that's acting justly. Now I hope you're prepared because for me, this is a real challenge as I've said. And so I think you need to hold on to your hat uh, because it is a very difficult quality to live by. Because as I say, God wants to see us acting justly, helping improve the lives of those who are struggling, who are isolated or oppressed or bullied in some way. Using the good things that we've been given to help those who are really in need. Or as that picture illustrates, helping the small dog get something off the big dog. But this is easier said than done. History proves it. And your life and my life are living proof that it's very difficult. Well, I wanted to explore something that would give us a way of acting on this. Not just a way of thinking about it and then going away without practical ideas or a, a practical framework to follow. I wanted to give us something to hang our hat on and to get stuck into to learn and to, to mold this way of living, acting justly into our lives. Now, Tierfund have introduced a new rhythms initiative. That's what it's called, rhythms. And it's to help us explore how to live a life of justice every single day of our lives. Rhythms helps us to take small and practical everyday steps to change the way we live. So if we're really passionate about walking humbly with God by following Jesus, then it means living a different way, one that changes us as well as the world around us. And that's what rhythms is really all about. And as we take these everyday steps, we form habits. And as those habits begin to change us, then they become rhythms, rhythms that we live by, deep patterns of life. That's the idea behind Rhythms. Now, you can find more information on Rhythms at this website. It's rhythms.org. Simple as that, if you can remember how to spell Rhythms, that is. It's always a challenge, isn't it? But the, if you do, then you'll find all sorts of information. And if you want more information but don't have access to the website, then we can print some information out for you. But also, if you happen to have a smartphone or know somebody who does have a smartphone or you're lucky enough to have an iPad, then there's going to be a Rhythms app, a bit of software, if you don't know what an app is, that runs on that smartphone or an iPad, and you can access a whole stack of different ideas and projects, very simple, and actions that you can take on a daily basis to act justly. And you can register to receive this. But of course, Rhythms is so much more than a, a little bit of software to run on a, on a smartphone, it's the space and the inspiration to think about faith, life, and justice, and to put the three together. And so here are the four rhythms to get us started. Four rhythms. Rhythm one is about getting connected. How can we get some perspective on the world? How can we get inspired? How can we listen and understand? How can we feel for the people 
who really need uh, us to feel for them, to, to really empathize with them. How can we hear the stories of those who need our help? How can we let injustice get a little bit more under our skin? How do we get to the point where we know how people are struggling or why they're struggling? Well, why not listen to the stories of those around us and make time? You may already do make time to watch the news or read the news every day. Visit the Tear Fund website. I'm always amazed, actually, at the Tear Fund website, just how many stories are on there of how projects and initiatives have changed people's lives for the better. It's, uh, it's an amazing website, and you can, you can read and watch um, uh, to see how lives have been impacted. Or very importantly, we can keep up to date with the people and the projects we support all around the world as a church community through MAG, our Mission Action Group, who do a fabulous job of keeping us up to date and informed so that we can pray and support, pray for and support these people. So I'm just going to give you a few moments now to be quiet. And I want you to think about some ideas, how God wants you to get connected and to hear the stories of those who need our help. How are you going to start putting this rhythm into your life or continue to develop this rhythm in your life? So the second rhythm is shouting for others. People in poverty or oppression are shouting, but few are listening. So how can we help make their voices heard? How can we demand more for those who are struggling in isolation? Well, once we've got connected and heard people's stories, well, then we can pass them on. We can tell their stories on their behalf. And so we can tell our friends, our work colleagues, our friends at school. We could do a sponsored event and raise the profile of a, a certain situation or predicament or a project that's working in a certain situation. We could put it on Facebook. We could write a letter to our friends and family. Just simple ideas of the ways in which we can shout for others. And so again, in the silence now, I want us to think about this. Think about ideas, how God wants you to shout for others and to tell the story of others, those stories that really need to be told.
So if that was the second rhythm, the third one is this. Being generous. Being generous. Sometimes it's harder to share our favorite jumper than it is to give away £10. Truly, putting others first is a very tough challenge. And I find this each and every day. So how can we learn to share more of what we've got? Well, why not decide to go without something just once in a while so that you can be generous to others? One of the very simple ideas on this app that goes on your smartphone for rhythms is why not go without this coffee in the coffee shop and then you you click this button and you say donate three pounds to tear fund and then that money goes immediately because you've linked it with your bank account and it goes immediately into tear funds account or go without a takeaway once in a while or chocolate or whatever it is that you treat yourself with once in a while and give the money away or when you hear of someone who's struggling or ill or really in need of some support somewhere then give them a small gift to cheer them up or decide to do operation christmas child where you can fill a shoebox with christmas gifts for a child who wouldn't receive a gift this christmas without that for us as a family that's one of the highlights of the autumn the children they literally run around the shops like supermarket sweep filling these shoe boxes literally clamoring you know they just want to desperately put in as much as they possibly can to bless another child somewhere and it's wonderful to do that so in the quiet now please think about your ideas ways that god wants you to be generous So the fourth and final rhythm is being content with less. And this is a real biggie. (laughs) Shots, adverts, and jealousy tell us all to have more, 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 and then some more. But more stuff means more damage to our planet and more challenges for those who have less It stands to reason, doesn't it? If we have more, someone else has to have less. And so maybe we should ask this question more as we go about living our lives. I know I need to ask this question. Do I need this? Do I need this? And so I want us to think quietly again now about your ideas, the ways that God wants us to be happy with less content with less and to be open to God showing us what we really need and therefore what we don't really need
So to finish then, what next? What are we going to do about this? Are you just going to think, oh, that was an interesting idea and then move on to the rest of your life? Or are you going to allow it to affect you, to be open to God's Holy Spirit working in you today? Why not talk and pray some more about how you can live out these four rhythms for living a life of justice? Getting connected, shouting for others, being generous and being content with less. And pray that God's Holy Spirit will give us the strength and the inspiration and the help we need to live well for others and for him by doing just that, living lives of justice. Amen.